Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Left Bench. My name is Dante Esposito, along with Evan Deck. Evan, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Dante. A little worried, but you know, we'll get through it. Yes, we will. We got a lot to cover tonight. We do got a lot to cover, so let's get right to it. Let's get right into it. Last night, baseball. Playoff baseball's back, and so is Randy Arozarena. Solo shot 11 homers in 21 postseason games, and he stole home last night. He's one exciting player, whether you like him or not. Very impressive to steal home. Don't know much about baseball, but that definitely seems like a very hard thing to do, so very impressive by him. And I mean, the Rays eating popcorn mid-game, sign of disrespect. I, I love Boston. it. I love it. I think baseball needs more of that, to make it more interesting. That would get me to like baseball. People being disrespectful like that when they're up big. That's a hot take. How? Eating popcorn during a baseball game. As a player, a little disrespect. I have nothing better to do. <laughs> uh, anyway, Boston's going to come out hungry tonight. I expect him to light up, light up Shane Baz and hold off the Rays while Sale's on the mound. Uh, the Astros own Lance Lynn. Shelled him last night, winning 6-1. to one. Lynn only lasted three and two-thirds, giving up five, while Lance McCullers is back in action, throwing six and two-thirds scoreless. Tonight, Framber Valdez goes against Giolito. I got the White Sox taking this one. But uh, maybe a little bit uh, better. The Battle of L.A. Giants, Dodgers. I'll take the Dodgers tonight. In-state battles are always fun in any sport, so I'm sure this one will be a great matchup. I'll take the Dodgers, too. I know a little bit about them from a fantasy baseball team. <laughs> and we got Milwaukee, Atlanta. Uh, maybe the presumptive Cy Young here, Corbin Burns. I got Milwaukee this series as well. Certainly will be a fun matchup. I'm liking the Braves in this one. They got some uh, young talents that I really enjoy watching, such as Acuna, and I think it's going to be good. All righty. Let's move on to hockey. My favorite sport. <laughs> uh, let's start off with Evander Kane, shall we? What a joke of a player, let's be honest here. <laughs> he, can't, he can't get himself out of trouble here. He's doing it to himself now. Declares, He's got no one else to blame but himself. That's true. I mean, in May it all started when he declared for bankruptcy. Then uh, his alleged gambling, throwing his own games, which was cleared on September 22nd. Sexual assault and domestic abuse alleged by his estranged wife. And now a fake vaccine card? At this point, why is he even trying to play hockey? I don't he's know. He's got to worry about his real life before he steps on the ice again. It's, it's, and he's back in Buffalo. I mean, he's a cancer in the locker room. Yeah, back when he was in Buffalo. Now, you know, I think he's still a cancer with the Sharks, but it's not like they're a good organization either, so... <laughs> Don't really need him. And uh, let's not forget, before all this happened, he was trying to take down Jake Paul and tell him he'd mop the floor with him. I would love to see that fight. I was rooting for that fight. Someone needs to put Jake Paul in his place, and it would be amazing to see a hockey player do it. All right, Evan, let's get into our NHL predictions as they will uh, start up this week. Evan, what you got going on? All right, so we'll start with the Metropolitan Division. We're just going to go one through eight, list them off. I think uh, in the one seat, it's going to be the Islanders, a very strong team. I don't see uh, anyone really opposing them. Hurricanes in the number two. You know, they got a good team. They lost some players, but they'll still be good. And then 3-4, Penguins, Washington. They're always in the playoffs. I can't see them not making it this year. I think they're still going to have a good chance. And then I got 5-6-7-8, Rangers, Devils, Flyers, and Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets are going to 100% be 8. 5-6-7 could switch around, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm with you on your top three there, Isles, Hurricanes, Penguins, uh, but I'm putting the Rangers at four. That's a little biased. Not biased at all. Washington comes down in five, 
And then we'll wrap up with the Flyers, Devils, and the Jackets. Rangers are going to be a good team this year. Overhyped. They're going to be solid, and they can make a push. I'm seeing it. They could make a push, but I think their ta- young talent's a little too young, and I think the COVID season really screwed some of them over, so I don't think they're going to have that push just yet. But here's the thing. New coach, new mentality. A little bit more drive down in Broadway. Man, I, I, I hope for your sake, but as a Devils fan, I can't see it. How are we looking in the Atlantic? In the Atlantic division, probably the most stacked division, in my opinion. I got Lightning as the number one seed. I don't know how much they're over cap still, but I'm sure they're still pretty good. <laughs> got my, uh, my second favorite team, the Boston Bruins, coming into that two seed. I think they're still going to be very dominant, even with the loss of David Krejci and Tukarask. But I think they'll still be pretty good. That first line of Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marshawn is just unbelievable. All three of them are great players. Then in three, I got the Panthers. Very interesting team. They were the uh, top of the division last year. Then four, I got the Toronto Maple Leafs. Five, I got the Canadians. Six, the Senators. Seven, Red Wings. And obviously, dead last, Buffalo Sabres. Joke of an organization. Ah, that's all you can say about him. What's going to happen with Eichel? Nothing. He's going to be on Buffalo still. He's not going to get traded anytime soon. No one wants to worry about his neck injury. You think he's going to get surgery or no? Not with Buffalo. So you think Buffalo's just going to hold him and he'll hold out and nothing will happen? 100%. Wow. Yeah, I got, for that division as well, I got the Lightning are just a powerhouse, followed by the Bruins. The Leafs are just a regular season team. They'll get knocked down in the first round. Per usual. Probably to Boston, just for the memes. Probably. Uh, up next, we've got the Panthers. And I'm considering dropping the uh, Habs a little bit with this Carey Price situation here. Yeah, that is a good take, but I think their uh, core will stay strong and push through and wait till he comes back because he will make a return eventually. He will, but he's the heart and soul of this team. He is. Uh, and Great then, guy. Oh, he is. Well-respected around the league. Uh, then we'll again wrap off the Senators, Red Wings, and the joke Buffalo Sabres. I don't know how you have the will to play. Like, How do you just get to the rink and be like, damn, I'm playing for Buffalo again. I don't know how they do that <laughs> night in and night out. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. The money. That's how they keep playing. It's all about the money now. And, and that's what sports become, just money. And not so much the NHL because compared to some of the other sports, they're getting paid nothing compared to like MLB, NBA. It's crazy. The NBA's a joke. Yeah, we'll get to that next week. <laughs> Central Division. This is probably the number two division in my opinion. Pretty solid top six teams. So I got the uh, Avalanche, who I think are going to be very good, and I think they're going to win the President's Trophy, in fact. Got a great goaltender. Then they got the Winnipeg Jets, Chicago Blackhawks, Dallas Stars. And then rounding off the bottom five, Predators, Wild, Blues, and Coyotes. Coyotes, basically the Sabres, but just a lot of older players. They took a lot of old contracts to get some draft picks. And they're going to be good, just not anytime soon. I'm with you on that. I got the Avalanche finishing in first in this division, but not President's Trophy's winners. Uh, followed by the Jets, Stars, Hawks with Flower. And Preds, Wild, Blues, and Yotes. Marc-Andre Fleury to the Blackhawks. Who would ever thought? It's crazy to see him in there. He looks good in the red, though. He looks good. I like they it. got Seth Jones now helping him out. So that's going to be an interesting team. Money. <laughs> yeah, but they're in win-now mode because Kane's coming out. Kane's getting old. Taze is getting old. They're in win-now mode, and I think they have a legitimate chance. Do you think they can make a run at the Cup? I think they'll have a playoff experience. I don't know how deep they go, depending on the matchups, but I think they could. Okay. <laughs> the Pacific here, my President's Trophy winning Vegas Golden Knights coming in first year, followed by the two-headed Oilers 
And yeah, McDavid, Drysaddle, what a combo! That that's all they got, and that and that's why Vegas will win uh, the President's Trophies because they are playing uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, the Kraken, Kings, Flames, Sharks, and Ducks. And that is your order from one to seven, or yes. one to eight, my bad. Yes. And I'll just say this now: worst division in the sport of hockey. Brutal. The three California teams are so bad, and they're all in the same division. It's not an enjoyable division to look at. But for mine, I got the Vegas Golden Knights coming in at first, Oilers in second, and the Kraken at third. The Kraken don't really need to play that well to get that third spot. And then rounding out four, we got the Canucks, Kings, Flames, Sharks, and Ducks. I don't know how. I don't know how the Pacific Division used to be so dominant. Sharks used to be so good. Kings used to be so good. Falling off the tracks so fast. Right off the edge of the cliff. Let's get into some awards, shall we? Hart Trophy. You know, I'm thinking about the Hart. I'm thinking about Brad Marchand. I think he's just going to have a really breakout season. It's a very hot take because it's probably not going to happen, but it's my pick. I, I wouldn't say Marchand's a hot take. I mean, he is an elite player. But uh, he's not the most popular, if you will. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, you, love, you love him off. He's on your team, but if he's not on your team, you hate him. And that's the players you gotta love if you if you're a fan. Very true. Um, I got the bread man, the heart and soul of the New York Rangers, Mr. Artemi Panarin. That's a very interesting take. He's been, just honestly, he's been underrated, and even with Fox winning the Norris, he still doesn't get the love he deserves. No one on the Rangers gets the love they deserve. Very overshadowed in the NHL, and I will say that as a Devils fan, that they do get some. No recognition sometimes. Yeah, and it, it's tough as a Ranger fan. Besides Capo and Lafreniere, they get way too much recognition. We don't got to go Capo Caco will have a good year this year, and so will Lafreniere. All right, if you say so. I think uh, we have a mutual agreement on the Calder here. Yeah. Caulfield. Great player. Absolutely amazing to watch. I love watching him play. Can't wait to see what he does this year. He had a very short stint last year, and he played out of his mind. So I'm very excited to see him play. If you're a USA <laughs> hockey fan, you got to love Cole Caulfield. 100%. Maybe he might even crack the Olympic roster. That would be very interesting. I could see it, yeah. Um, Vesna, I think we might have a little... Uh, I, I like your take here. I love my take here. Darcy Kemper, ex-Coyote, now on the Colorado Avalanche. He was putting up great numbers on the very terrible Col- uh, Coyotes team, and now he's on Colorado. He's going to have great save percentage. And record. Yeah, that's it. That always helps. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sticking... With Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, how can you go wrong with the Tampa Bay netminder? Very true. Absolute brick wall. Season in, season out, he just continues to compete. Here, here we go with the Norris here. Oh, back to Boston. I think Charlie McAvoy. Very great player. I think he should have been in contention last year, but they snubbed him out with uh, Victor Hedman, who had a brutal year last year. But I think uh, McAvoy is going to come away with this one. See, <laughs> I, I could go Foxy back-to-back, but I'm not... I'm going to go with uh, John Carlson. Do they give awards to people that old? We'll see. I think John Carlson can show that uh, his age isn't a factor. And he is an elite defenseman. He is an elite defenseman. I will give him that. And I think he could he could step up again next year. The Art Ross. Is this even a question? No. Why are we talking about this one? It's Connor McDavid. We both agree on it. Yes. 100%. All right, here we go. The Selkie. And I think it's not gonna, I think it's going to go to a Boston Bruin, but it's not going to go to the Boston Bruin that you all think it's going to go to. It's going to go to Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand has not had a negative season since his rookie year. An underrated defensive forward, and I think it's really going to stand out this year with the loss of David Krejci. 
I, I could definitely see that happening. I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm very high in Vegas. Mark Stone. I, great player. Great player. Great defensive forward. I, I just love Vegas as a team. This is their year. Jack Adams. Oh, back to my Boston biased. Bruce Cassidy, great coach. That's my pick. And I, we look at your pick, and I see some biased as well. Can you believe this guy picking another, another Boston man? Uh, wait, let's hear your pick there, buddy. Gerard, go on. Can you believe this guy picking another Rangers guy? <laughs> Telling you the Rangers are going to have a great, great season. They're flying under the radar right now. And when they crack a playoff spot and make a lot of noise, then you're going to realize what changes were actually made. And when they crash, I'll bring up this day. If they, if they crash, if it happens. We'll, we'll wait for uh, bringing stuff up in uh, just a little bit. I think I got a little something, something. Rocket Richard. Heading back to Boston, David Bosternock, an absolute animal. The Czechoslovakian man, just great player, great shot, wicked flow. Love the man. I think he's going to win it. Can you tell that Evan's a Boston fan? Second favorite team, ironically. The Devils just have no one good enough to win any of these awards. <laughs> I'm going with McDavid here. I mean, best player in the league. Really? <laughs> so good. It's, it's unbelievable watching that man play. And th this one is probably my favorite award here. GM of the year. The one New Jersey Devil to win it, I think Tom Fitzgerald will win it because he had a great offseason acquiring Thomas Tatar, Dougie Hamilton, and he had a great draft, in my opinion, getting Luke Hughes with that fourth overall pick. It's hard to go wrong. If the Devils make noise, I could definitely see it. 100%. And you don't know what happened. Well, he could do something at free agency to push us into the playoffs to get like that free agent player. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. I'm going with Stan Bowman of the Chicago Blackhawks. Nobody saw Marc-Andre Fleury getting traded for literally nothing. Literally nothing. Seth Jones. We could debate about his contract. Oh, it's a brutal contract. There's no debating about that. But win now mode, like I was saying earlier. And that's what they're trying to do, win now. Exactly. And if they win now, pretty good candidate for GM of the year. Well, everybody, we wait, have... Wait. One more thing. We're just going to... We're not going to go over a whole playoff bracket right now, but we're just going to predict what we think the Stanley Cup matchup might be. Okay. We have the same matchup, but two different winners. We both have Colorado Avalanche versus the Boston Bruins. But, as it may come to you guys as a surprise, I'm picking the Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. Give me the Colorado Avalanche. Now, here, here's why. I why? believe they have an easier path to the finals. I really do. Boston, you got to go through Tampa. The East is crazy. The East is crazy. Crazy. And I it doesn't have the Pacific Division in it. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. The Western Conference has like a division and a half, while the Eastern Conference has like three divisions because of how good all the teams are over there. Like there are going to be some teams in the Eastern Conference that don't make the playoffs that would have easily made the playoffs on the Western side. Absolutely. But that's the sport. That's that's sports for you. Alrighty, guys, we have a lot more to cover. Let's, Let's move on to football, shall we? Let's move on to football, shall we? Last night, very good game. Rams Seahawks. Russ injured again. My fantasy team's hurting from that one. Uh, final score goes in the Rams' favor. I mean, I guess we both predicted that. We did both predict that, but it's very unfortunate to see Russ go out. It looks like they have a very promising season, but then again, they always have promising seasons halfway through, make the playoffs, and then eventually lose. So, who knows if that would have made a difference in the long run. This might make the division more open for because that is a very jam-packed division, so it might make the division more open. I agree. Let's get in to our predictions for this week. Last week, we tied. How lame is that? We tied. 
I love ties. Ties? All right, wait. We're talking about ties. In football, it is 100% harder to tie than to win. And that's why in the Titans-Jets game that your Jets won in, I was rooting for a tie. Who won? The Jets. One more time. New York Jets. That's what I thought. Okay. One and four. Oh, one and three. My bad. <laughs> Can't keep track of the weeks. Speed of the Jets. Jets, Falcons, who we got? It pains me to say this. The Jets. That's what I thought. Jets, Falcons. Uh, in Cal- London. In London. I mean- what a snoozer of a game to put in London. Nine o'clock and no one's waking up for that one. <laughs> Calvin Ridley will not be going on the flight due to personal reasons. So that's another weapon that the Jets don't have to worry about. They didn't have to worry about A.J. Brown or Julio last week. For the final score on this one, give me the Jets 20 to 10. No, I got the Jets putting a little bit more than 20 up because Falcons' defense is kind of trash. So I'm putting a 31-28. Jets extend John Franklin Myers for five years. I mean, the Jets' defense, seven sacks. Against a very injured Titans team. Titans were without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. So you know what they were going to do? Give the ball to Derrick Henry. A toddler could have predicted that. Like, it's not that hard to comprehend. Seven sacks. New York Jets defense. Stop sleeping on them. Start the parade, I guess. (laughs) Now let's go to your team here, the Bengals. Tough matchup against the Packers here. Uh, A lot of injuries on both sides. But uh, sadly, I got the Packers winning 28-24. I'm taking the Bengals here. They're going to they're gonna keep rolling 24-21. Got more confidence in my team than I do. I mean, you got Joe Burrow. When you have a good quarterback... We do have Daddy Burrow. Influences your opinion a lot. But without that running back, Joe Mixon, I, he's doubtful to play right now. I just can't see us winning because our run game is not very strong without him as he is a top five running back in the league right now. How about your run defense, though? Beautiful. I love to see it. I love defense. Defense wins championships, as they say. What's your Jet fan? Ah. <laughs> Let's go to the snooze of the week. Pats, Texans. Ah, what? I don't even know what to say about this game. We got a two rookie uh, quarterback matchup going, though. Not very exciting, though, for the Texans. Uh, they're going to get blown out of the water. I think uh, Mac Jones is going to have a stellar performance, and people are going to forget how lackluster this QB draft class is. And I think the score is going to be 37-6 to in favor of the Patriots, obviously. Give me 24-7. I, I, I mean, last week we put Texans getting, or I put Texans getting points, and they couldn't even put up a point on the board, so this could be another fat donut for them again. I mean, they're the Texans. And it, Deshaun, is he, he's not going to play this year. Not looking like it. And I think this might be the Texans' uh, excuse to tank by not putting out Deshaun. Are they even tanking at this point? I, I, like, I don't think you could play this bad. How do you put up zero points in football? That's right. You have so much time. If you put in Deshaun, maybe you win a couple games. Without Deshaun, they're not winning a game. Like, them not getting points means they didn't even try. Like, they must have not gotten it. Like, I didn't watch the game personally, but they did not get in a range for even a field goal. Unless they didn't even attempt a field goal for going for it on every fourth down. But why would you go for it on a fourth down? It's the Texans. <sighs> Texans. Eagles. Panthers. Now McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. CMC. Was going to play. He practiced yesterday. Now he's listed as doubtful. Ugh. What's going on here? They're still going to win, though, because the Eagles are not a very good team. Jalen Hurts is not a very good quarterback. And Sam Darnold is playing pretty well. So I think the uh, Panthers are going to edge out the Eagles 27-17. to 17. Sam Darnold has the most rushing touchdowns. 
Jealous? Really? Jealous? Are you kidding me? Are you jealous? No, because we have Zach Wills. <laughs> He'll take us to the promised land one day. Hopefully. One day. Hopefully you're alive to see it. <laughs> I got the Panthers winning this one. 27-24. Panthers have a good defense. Eagles don't. Which is why the Eagles are not putting up 24 points. I, they're going to put up 24. I think the Panthers, it's, it's time for the cookie to crumble here. They're not... Cookie crumbled last week in the loss to the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys are a dominant force. Yes, they are. And the Eagles, they aren't. But I, I just don't think the Panthers are all that. I think they got lucky with their early weeks. And it's going to start to show. Only time will tell. You hate my prediction. Lions-Vikings. I was looking at this one before the show, and I, I laughed to myself for a couple minutes. This is just a brutal take by you. The Vikings almost beat the Browns last night. And I think this, or not last night, last week. I think the final score is going to be 35 Vikings, 13 Lions. Lions are one of the worst teams, 0-4. Brutal organization. Okay, so. I got the Lions winning this game. In what world? The Lions are the most unlucky team, maybe in NFL history. Who loses on a 66-yard field goal? Nobody but the Lions. I have the Lions winning this one, 17-14. A loss is a loss. They should have won that game. No, they should not have. The Ravens are the dominant team, and if that game went into overtime, there, if, was, there was no chance Lamar Jackson would not run the ball 100 yards himself and put that in the end zone. Before, you want to talk about Lamar running the ball? He's a running back. How about that call from Harbaugh to run the ball Instead of taking a knee when the game was over. I love it. I, I love oh, it. I love it. That is just... I love it. Now, someone... I, I, I hate that. That is... If I were the Broncos, the next time I see Harbaugh, I, would, I don't care, intentional grounding or what, fire one right at him. <laughs> that would be very interesting to say. I mean, that is just... Just petty. Going for it's a It's not record. petty. It's, it's, yeah, that's oh, not petty. just knee no. the ball. Ah. Someone should have clocked Lamar. Ah, I love it. I love that. I think that same goes with the baseball, the uh, Rays eating popcorn. I love it. It really brings out like the emotions in sports. Maybe I'm just uh, an old, old head. Yeah, yeah. An old head over here. Grandpa over here. <laughs> Saints football team. Another brutal take by you. Sorry to all the Washington football fans tuning in today, but uh, I got the Saints winning 31 to 24. Not much. Uh, not much against them. Uh, shout out to Dylan I, I can see he is Very angry over my Lions take But when I'm right buddy When I'm right You'll see uh, Back to the football team here Football team's gonna beat the Saints Saints lost to the Giants Football team 30 Saints 23 I don't even know what to say about that Just so wrong <laughs> ah, Buccaneers Dolphins That's another Game. No one's really going to be tuning in unless you're really liking those two teams. Unless you're a fan of those two teams, you're not going to be watching it. Buccaneers are going to mop the floor in Miami. Uh, 34-7. A lot of fantasy implications here, though. Oh, a ton, because, you know, they're just going to be running the score up. Unless it's a joke. Nah. You know, Mike Evans just never puts up those points when you need him to. <laughs> Brady finds a way to win. Oh, 100%. But fantasy-wise, Mike Evans. That's why I traded him to you. Last week. We have, we have a couple requests to talk about this last week. The Brady Belichick hug. I think the entire world is just trying to make them look like they hate each other. I don't think they hate each other. I don't think you could physically be on a team together for that long, win that many championships together, make 
break that many records together and hate each other. It just doesn't make sense to me. Tom wanted to keep playing. He didn't have a place in New England that they were going to win. I don't think there's any love lost between the two. I think Belichick is the cold guy in general. And then that's why. I don't think he meant to kind of shun Brady away in no. the post-game hug. That's just his personality. I'm sure he does it to his kids, too. Well, how right, his, son? His, son. <laughs> his son was having a blast with that rain last Sunday. He was loving himself. Ah, uh, Belichick's. <laughs> uh, I got the Bucks here, 35-14 over the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are just no Tua. Not even like it would have mattered with Tua. Hey, what would Tua have done? Run the ball to Gasecki? Like, come on. Uh, That's all he does. I, I don't like the Dolphins this year. The Jets are going to finish higher than the Dolphins. And I did not in any way think that before the season. Siri never got back to me last week on where the local insane asylum is, but I got to make sure I Google that this A couple week. miles away. Uh, <laughs> Broncos, Steelers. Another joke of a game. I don't know what the NFL is doing scheduling some of these hallways. <laughs> Who you got? I mean, the Broncos started off hot. Not really, though, because they played the Jets, Giants, and I think the Falcons or someone. All brutal teams. Now they don't have a good quarterback. They got Drew Locke. They're not going to be putting up any points. I think it's going to be 20 to 9. Steelers winning this. Even though the Steelers, and I know you're listening to this, Braden, they're not a good team. Ben Roethlisberger should have retired, but he can't throw, but he can't run. He's just a stump on the field. He really is just a stump. You just described him perfectly. I do have the Steelers winning this game 14 7. That is only because Drew Locke is terrible. terrible. But here's the thing. I'm going to get so much hate for this. Oh, God. Here we go. Ben Roethlisberger is the worst quarterback right now in the NFL. Oh, 100%. Oh, he, oh yeah. He agreed. And I'm a Bengals fan. I, even if I wasn't a Bengals fan, I'd say that. He's brutal. I mean, he can't He can't pass. He can't run. He's got no old line. That doesn't help. No, that definitely does not help. But he's looking like the worst quarterback in the NFL. Oh, I got a Snapchat from Braden. Definitely not too happy about that take. <laughs> Let's move on to the Titans. And the Trevor Lawrence Jaguars. I had the Jags winning up until A.J. Brown got cleared to play. Again, same thing with the Jets from last week. You know what they were going to do. They were going to run the ball. They had no one to throw to. Ryan Tannehill is not that good of a quarterback. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Without Julio and A.J., they had no receivers. Westbrook's, I think, their second best guy, their next best guy. Last time I checked, there was Westbrook in the NBA playing. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. But now that... AJ's playing, 28-10, Titans are winning. But if he wasn't playing, I would have the Jags. Give me 24-13. The Jaguars are not winning. Um, Talking about the Jaguars here, let's go to Urban Meyer. Yikes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that is a big yikes. Uh, let me just give you a quick timeline of his time as a head coach. He hires the, <coughs> hires the director of sports performance, Chris Doyle, who... Later, resigns after heavy backlash and accusations of racism. Then, signs Tim Tebow as a tight end. That was looking good for the for the jokes of it, you know. But evidently, you saw his blocking. Wasn't much to block. Didn't do much blocking. The only position that the Jaguars had was a running back. So who do they draft <laughs> late in the first? Running back. Travis Etienne. Who? Injured. Injured. 
Then Urban Meyer openly admits he wanted Kadarius Tony and not Travis Etienne. Oh boy. He uh, told reporters he would cut unvaccinated players, which later led to an NFLPA investigation. Then in the preseason, he cuts Trevor Lawrence's snaps in half and deems a quarterback battle with Gardner Minshew, who then he traded for a sixth rounder. <laughs> then he trades away last year's number nine pick, goes off to an 0-4 start to the season, does now travel to the team to Cincinnati, and there's a viral video of Urban and drunk college girls at a bar. Jag's owner says he must regain our trust and respect. What? <laughs> what happened to Urban Meyer? Almost the Evander Kane of the NFL at this point. <laughs> I mean, he shouldn't even be in the NFL. He's not a good coach for NFL level. Throw on the Jags, who's not an NFL team either at this point. <laughs> it's just not a good recipe. Yeah, here's my question. Did he really need to come to the NFL? Did he really need to do it? Yes. He, yes. Yes. How come? What would we be talking about right now? This is what people like us live off of, Dante. We love <laughs> entertainment like that. Urban Meyer giving us something to talk about. Shout out to him, but you shouldn't be doing that, buddy. But, you know, we appreciate the content. Legendary head coach at Ohio State. He's ruining his legacy now. He is. He's not going to be, I don't think he'll be remembered for Ohio State at this point. Especially if he keeps going downhill from here, which, you know, they're not looking like it's, there's it's, an upside right now. It's not right looking now. good. No. I say if they lose this week, he's gone. No. You think he's going to stay? I mean, it's not like another coach. It's not like they're just going to get another coach and bam, they're going to win a game. I'm not saying they're going to win. I just don't think Urban has control of the locker room right now. I mean, on their, on their huddle, his own team was making fun of him. Like a substitute teacher was there. I mean, it was brutal. But, you know, I just don't see them getting rid of him. I, I think it's going to be a uh, end-of-the-season decision when they get a new coach. I don't think it's going to be anywhere in the season. I think he'll stay with the season. I, Unless there's something else with college people. <laughs> but we're not going to go there. Let's, let me just give you a quick Urban Meyer uh, starts off starts off at Florida, goes to Ohio State, resigns because of his health issues, which that's why I come into the NFL. I only going to cause him aggravation more to the Jaguars. He had a sweet deal as a commentator on Fox, but then he comes to the Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL. I wouldn't say worst, second worst. Hey, who's the worst? Say it. the Texans. Texans. I was not going to say the Jets. He's looking at me like I was going to say the Jets. The Jets are the third worst team. There you go. Now, do you think there's a different standard to be held between coaches and quarterbacks? Because, let's be real, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have a squeaky clean record, and Deshaun Watson, I a complete mess over there in Houston. So do you think head coaches are being held to a higher standard than quarterbacks? I think they're not. I think everyone should be held to the same standard, but right now it's just not looking that way. And it's really disappointing to see because people that are should not be playing football right now are playing football, and people who should be playing football or, and or coaching are. So I think it's a really bad situation. I think the NFL really needs to tidy that stuff up. Do you think Deshaun's going to come back? Mm, eventually. This year? Nah, maybe in a trade. I know the Miami Dolphins really want him. Nah, I think that would be a great fit. I could see that. I could totally see that. That would be a beauty. I would love to see that. My dad would love to see that big Miami Dolphins fan for some god-awful reason. I don't. I mean, I'm a Bengals fan, so who am I to talk? But I feel like Deshaun Watson's like fell off the face of the earth. I haven't heard his name brought up once this year. Well, since, since, since the season started. Good thing we're bringing him up. Reviving the name Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Let's get back to our predictions here. 
Browns Chargers. This could very easily be one of the games of the week here. Right now, it's got my second best game of the week, in my opinion. Uh, two great teams, great offenses, great defenses. A little injury prone on the Brown side right now, but they're just staying out of practice, so nothing really confirmed yet for game time. But I do have the Chargers winning 27-21, and the week goes the way I want it to. Hey, your boy, your boys Bengals might be at the top of the division. Who knows? <laughs> I got the Chargers win 31-20 at Justin Herbert. I mean, wow. Well, he's a diamond. Justin Herbert is a diamond. Um, next game we got on tap, Bears-Raiders. How are we looking there? Is this even going to be a game? Matt Nagy's still coaching. So, 37-15, Raiders are winning. Who knows what the QB situation is going to look like for that entire season, but I know it's not going to be the right one as much as I love Andy Dalton. I... I have a closer prediction. I've I've got twenty one seventeen Raiders. I just think you know the Raiders were undefeated for a while, right? They, and Derek Carr's like the best fourth quarter quarterback. Absolutely. And the Bears yes. are coached by Matt Nagy. Still, I, I don't know how he's there. Fields is going to settle in. Defenses are going to look okay. Show me twenty one seventeen. I I just think it's going to be closer than we all Fields think. Fields had less time to throw the ball than Joe Burrow did last year. And, you know, who knows? They might take a wide receiver in the draft, too. But Jamar Chase, playing so great, so I'm not complaining. Giants-Cowboys, NFC East matchup here. Is it really a matchup? The Giants are playing. Ah, I love love my New York sports. I got the Cowboys winning 41-24. I got the Cowboys just putting up numbers. Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year. Great player, great quarterback, great team. CeeDee Lamb, going to have a great night. There's my prediction. I like it. I mean, the Cowboys put up 36 on a good Panthers defense last week. They'll put up 35 against the Giants. Giants will... I think Saquon is back. I wouldn't say 100% back. I'd say like 65-70. He's back to being a reliable running back. Yes, definitely not um, where he was when he got injured, but obviously. I agree. I want an injury. You got to recover, take time. You don't want to throw him into the fire because you re-injured that same spot. Career's done. And a waste of a draft yeah, pick. Yeah, that's... Absolutely Which right. Which I definitely think he's going to be a bust if he gets another injury. Absolutely. I think he's going to have two rushing touchdowns this week. Giants will put up 21, but uh, the Cowboys, they're just going to roll. And now here is an interesting game. we got Trey Lance and the 49ers against Kyler and the Cards. It does not matter who you're putting in against that Cardinals team. It's a great, great football's going on in Arizona right now. You know, the sports are kind of on the upside, at least two of the four. Not the Coyotes. Not the Coyotes, and I'm pretty sure not the Diamondbacks either. But Cardinals, Suns, looking pretty good. I got the Cardinals winning 37-23 against the San Francisco 49ers. I got the Cards 34-27. Uh, just breaking news here. Um, George Kittle is doubtful for this game. Now i got to start Kaseki in fantasy. <laughs> it's like they knew we were at this podcast and set the time to release that information right now. I'd love to hear it. Now, I think this is going to be the game of the week. Bills, Chiefs. Oh, my God. I am so excited to watch this game. Powerhouse offenses and a great defense for the Bills. But you get to the defensive side of the Chiefs. Not looking good. Lackluster. Lackluster, to say the least. That's why I got the Bills putting up a 42 bomb. The Chiefs, they're still going to be throwing that ball to Tyreek every other throw. 
I'm not going to be putting up 35, but I just do not think with that defense that they can put up the numbers. I uh, Maybe a little controversial here. I, I also have the Chiefs dropping 35. However, the Bills, they're not going to win this game. They're going to put up 31, and Mahomes is going to get the Chiefs back on track. Maybe. But I just can't see with I, that defense. I do think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. The Chiefs are in the AFC too, you know. I think the, the Bills are better than the Chiefs, but the Chiefs will win. There you go. That's just very... You're just contradicting yourself with that. No, no, I think this matchup, the Chiefs will win. However, the Bills are undoubtedly saying. the best team in the AFC. Just funny to hear. Colts-Ravens. One team's playing football. The other one's got Carson Wentz, that quarterback. 28 to 10 Ravens. I mean, it's a running back versus Carson Wentz. The running back's still better a quarterback than Carson Wentz is. What do you say at this point? How does he still have a job? Oh, Prince Harry. (laughs) (laughs) I got the Ravens 24-14. I mean, a lot of great games on top this weekend. A lot of. This isn't one of them. No, exactly. I mean. Carson Wentz was so good, though. He was so good that one year when they won the Super Bowl where he got injured. Nick Foles. Chicago should start him. Oh, no, you got to give your young gun a chance. Nick Foles is a goat. Goat out of backup. He's the best backup quarterback to ever play the game. Can we show a bit of love to Mitchell Trubisky? He's not a bad quarterback. He just got screwed over with Matt Nagy. And now he might. You know, Josh Allen had a little injury last game. He showed out and got a touchdown. Look. He's not a bad quarterback. He's not I bad. I think he's going to get a chance once he gets off with the Bills. You know, maybe head to Texas with the Texans. Maybe go to a team that doesn't need a quarterback. And he might be able to shine under a good head coach. I 100% agree with you. I, I think he just gets way too much hate for being drafted above Mahomes. Well, I mean. But here's the thing. It's not his fault. Oh, no. So why are we hating on the kid? Because that's how sports work. That's how sports works. That's he's, he's not a bad quarterback. Oh, no. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes. No, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. No, I agree with you. Okay, good. Uh, I, I gave him a little look down. I was about to say daddy, bro, but I know that's Oh, not my true. God. Ah, I think, let's go with a little preseason hockey, shall we? Very interesting preseason. I know a lot of people don't watch it, but this has probably been the most interesting preseason hockey in a while. A lot of drama going on, a lot of overhyped celebrations as well. I've seen some people celebrating in preseason like they just won the damn Stanley Cup. Come on, boys. You might not even be in the roster in another week. How are you celebrating like that? Very interesting. Preseason hockey, it should not be about wins and losses. It should be about the youth. The youth and the development of young players. And that's why I love watching it. That's why I love gloating when my team wins because that's my youth. Eventually going to be putting up points in the NHL. Maybe this year. Who knows? Holtz on the Devils. Mercer on the Devils. Great preseason. You know, we might see them this year. And that's that's what the preseason's about. And everybody loves to, to hate on Alexi Lafreniere. He didn't have this last year. No, he did not. And that's why I think the Rangers are not going to be as good as you think, because he still was very short-cut on his rookie season. I agree. But Carpo Kaka looks like he's turning it around this year. I don't even want him to Gives say me another it. Look. I don't even want to say it. It's just I just don't see it. I don't see it in him. Especially last year, because he got, he got completely screwed over with COVID, and I, I just feel bad about it. But coming back to what I was saying about the preseason, there are people celebrating like they've won the cup, like they scored a game seven overtime game-winning goal, and that's just not what the preseason's about. But 
There's also massive drama going on. The Hudson River rivalry preseason game in Madison Square Garden. P.K. Subban, I wouldn't say a slew foot, but his foot definitely was not in the right place, and Ryan Reeves, unfortunately, got a little injured. But day-to-day -day right now, hopefully he'll be able to play because I really want to watch Reeves versus Wilson game one, Washington Rangers. I'm not even a Rangers fan. That's going to be a hell of a game. But who knows with Reeves right now. But personally, I do not think it was a slew foot. In the video, you see P.K. looking at the puck, and he was going to pin the puck on the boards and pin Reeves to the boards, and it was just a very unfortunate play. What do you think about it, Dante? I, I agree with you. Look, I loved P.K. Subban, even when he was with Montreal. I mean, Rangers fans are not supposed to like Montreal. They were they were supposed to be the enemy, right? Why is that? Original six. Just a little hatred there. Original six. I always forget the Rangers are an original six team. You know, those four Stanley Cups is an original six. Oh, my God. So ugly. <laughs> I, I'll never forget this moment. I was sitting on the couch with my dad. But Chris Kreider destroyed Christ. <laughs> and I was I was watching PK and I was like, Dad, I like PK Subban. He goes, What? Hey, PK Subban. He goes, You can't like PK. He's on the Habs. And I was like, No, 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 I do. But now that he's off of the Habs and he's been traded around, I I still love PK, but I think I love him more than ever. However, I'm a Rangers fan, so I should have a little hatred towards PK from this play, and I don't. You look at the play, it's not a slew foot. His skate was in the wrong spot. It happens to all of us, all right? It happens to me. It's, My, it, yeah, it, it's the motion of a slew foot, but it, by a person, personally, a definition of a slew foot has to be something that you're doing intentionally to hurt someone else. Because you see slew foots in other games, people are just throwing their leg across and trying to put that other person on the ice which is a very painful landing because your head hits that ice and does not feel good. It's game over. Yeah, 100%. A couple points here why I don't think this was intentional. One, his eyes were not looking at Reeves. Not Two, right after the play, he's checking in on Reeves. He told the ref to blow the whistle, yeah. and he checks in on Reeves. T.K. Subban, whether you love him or not, he is a stand-up guy, great guy. He always wants to make sure everyone's okay. You've seen him do that before. I remember a couple years back, slap shot right into someone's noggin, and... He was so on the other team in the playoffs, and he was so concerned about the guy. And that's what hockey is about, too. Absolutely. I mean, off the ice, great man. Oh, I'm sure. Made the biggest donation in Canadian sports history Love to, to the it. Montreal Children's Hospital. I do feel bad for him, though. You know, Lindsey Vaughn, we're leaving him. It's not a good look. I, I like the couple, but, you know, he's got to move on. Maybe he's got some drive and some fire in him now that he does not with Lindsey Vaughn anymore. Because watching him play hockey... Sometimes very depressing as a Devils fan. Look, I know, and it's preseason, but Ryan Reeves is one of those guys who you, you, you don't want to face. He's a pest. Not even a pest. He's a boulder. He just bulldozes. Brad Marchand is a pest. Because Brad Marchand won't go and just knock your lights out. He'll lick you or give you a little low hit, but he will not go knock your lights out like Reeves will. It's a preseason game. You're not trying to hurt anybody. This was unintentional. However, there's one issue I have with PK. When Kreider is going after him, Kreider mm -hmm. is a leader on this team. And so is PK, in a sense, because yeah. the Devils are just so young and PK is just old. Kreider goes after PK. PK doesn't drop the gloves. Which I 100% agree with. It's preseason. There's no, read to have, there's no reason to have a fight like that in preseason. Especially when the first thing PK Subban did after that injury, or after that like fall for Reeves, was told the ref, let's go, stop the play, and then he bent down and was checking on him. And I'm Chris Kreider, and I see him doing that. I have no want to fight him. Maybe give him a little rough ride to the boards, but no reason to fight, especially in preseason, because you take one bad punch to the nose, 
you're out for a bit. Especially Kreider, knowing that he's a leader on the Rangers, he's a veteran on the Rangers, has his injury problems as well. Not the smartest idea to be fighting, and I like BK not dropping the mitts. I think it, it just showed a sense of unity for these Rangers. I mean, Reeves, the new guy in town. And, and Kreider is here standing up for him. Because without Reeves, let's be honest, Tom Wilson is going to go right after Panarin on Wednesday. And, and here we go again. Speaking of which, the only reason Reeves is in the great city of New York is because Tom Wilson owns the New York Rangers. Not literally, but after that last matchup, it's just embarrassing to be a Rangers fan when talking about Rangers Capitals. Tom Wilson just tossed, which I don't agree, I 100% don't agree with this, but Tom Wilson lives in New York Rangers' heads, Renfro. Oh, absolutely, and if Reeves is okay, I will love nothing more than puck drops, fight, boom. Me too, I hate, I hate Tom Wilson, dirty player, shouldn't even, ah, personally I don't think he should be in the league. Some of the stuff he's done, I don't think he should be in the league at this point. And that's, that's a big take because no one really has been kicked out of the league in recent history. There's three players in, honestly, hockey history of, of like the modern history that I strongly dislike. One being Marshan, and he's got a pass. because he's not on your team. If he's on your yes. team, you'd no, go over him. Exactly. Two is Tom Wilson, and three, I, you haven't heard this name in a while, Rafi Torres. Rafi Torres. I, I mean, oof, that is just... Rafi Torres... The hit on Marion Hosa. Wasn't even an NHL player. He was just a goon. That's what he was on the team for. Yeah, and I think the NHL has evolved from having said goons. I mean, Ryan Reeves, sure. But, I mean, back in the day, left oh, yeah, and right. The, the day. We're saying the day. We're 18 and we're talking about like seven years ago. My dad's listening to this podcast. He's like, yeah, back in the day, Bobby Orr was playing. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying here. We, we just we don't see it a lot. The fighting has decreased significantly. Which is very sad. In my opinion, because fighting, like, like say that hit, say it was a slew foot in regular season with that PK uh, Reeves situation. That's a fight that's going to get your team together or get the fans back into the game, get them interested again. That's what is really important about fights, and I think that's I think a lot of non-hockey people don't realize that, and they just see a bunch of guys just throwing haymakers at each other, and you know most of them are landing on the helmet, and your fists are hurting. Yeah, I mean. Look, I loved it back when they would take their helmets off and fight. I mean, that that's a fight. Maybe they should make that a rule. You have to take your helmet off. So I feel like there's more hand injuries from fights than facial injuries at the moment. That's true. But you're going to get an increase in concussions. Player safety would not like that. Oh, I forgot about player safety. <laughs> Such a forgetful thing at this point because, you know, sometimes you see some hits happen and they don't get player safety, but then you see some mild hit that should not be... Player safety, and then the guy suspended for like three games. The suspension rate in the NHL is oh, so broken. brutal. It's brutal. So broken. Last year, I can't remember specifically what it was, but I remember it like made me like cringe looking at what the suspension was. I think it was the Tom Wilson one, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think uh, that was, what it was an absolute it. joke. That's a joke. Shout out Lindsey Ruff. I mean, some of the things the NHL does. I mean, it's just you just sit there and shake your head. And that's another reason, probably, why it's not considered some of a top major four sport for some Americans. No, I mean, hockey, undoubtedly, I don't care if you like soccer, baseball, football, rugby, basketball, I don't know. Hockey is the most entertaining sport to watch. Definitely not baseball. <laughs> the, the main complaint I hear with hockey is like, oh, I can't follow the puck. If you learn the sport, that's you'll just, love the sport. That's Nobody... ignorance, though. I can't follow exactly. the puck, that's ignorance. Exactly. If you sit through a hockey game... You will love hockey. It's not like it's like nine innings or anything. Like like saying that you get bored oh watching God. baseball is a legitimate like excuse though. 
Someone really hates baseball here. It's not that I hate it. I just don't have patience to watch a bunch of guys stand on a field. And there's no contact. Like, I want to make baseball interesting. Put two of the other team in the outfield and have them go start body checking people. <laughs> That's a hot take and a half, too. That, that is a hot take. <laughs> but as we're on baseball, let's get our final sign-off and fact of the day. My favorite part of the episode. 1956. I sure o as hell wasn't alive. October 8th, Yankees pitcher Don Larson tosses the only perfect game in World Series history as the Yankees beat the Brooklyn Dodgers 2-0 in Game 5 of the World Series at Yankee Stadium. That's a lot how long ago this was. The Brooklyn Dodgers. We were just talking on the top of the show about the L.A. Dodgers. Crazy how that works. Crazy sports has its way. And that will be all. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. From Evan Deck and Dante Esposito, we will see you next week at 4 o'clock. Have a good week. Go Jets.